You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. This is Stuck. To be more specific, the Stuck at Home edition. I'm Rochelle Pereira from Equilibrium, the book. And I'm Damian Bazadonna from Situation, the gut. So before we head into our fourth season, we decided to do a special series of Stuck episodes as many of us, including ourselves, are having to work in a totally different way and have a whole new set of challenges. The rules for this episode are just a little bit different. Katie, Peter, and Steph will still read the questions up front, but rather than being from a specific individual, these topics have been crowdsourced from many of our listeners in the hopes that we can address what a lot of you we know are feeling right now. Thank you all for tuning in, and we look forward to helping you get unstuck. So a lot of us now find ourselves working from home, and with that has come a bunch of new challenges. Some of us have kids at home now that schools are closed. We may not have a designated office space or have partners and roommates around. And though there's thankfully a lot of technology out there that makes this all possible, it can also have its hiccups. And there's all this while we're still trying to maximize our productivity and stay connected to our teams. What advice do you have for folks who are stuck at home now trying to navigate all of these new challenges? Michelle, what do you think? Well, I can certainly relate to this one. I, uh, you know, I live in a two-bedroom apartment in New York with my family of four with no yard. So... I get it. <laughs> this is this is definitely my world. It's six thousand square feet, though. I don't know what you're complaining about. Oh God, little little less than a thousand, <laughs> my friend. Less than a thousand. Painful. <laughs> but yeah, this is real, you know. And I'm certainly talking to a lot of clients that have a variety of different, like, physical challenges to their workspace. You know, so some people live in studio apartments where people can't be on calls at the same time, or they have, you know, one person told me recently that they have a three-year-old and an eight-month-old and she's a single mother. So both children are on her all day long. So the possibility of getting any space to get work done and talk to clients and all that kind of stuff is really hard. I mean, this is, it's a real challenge to be able to balance, you know, the people in your space, roommates, all kinds of things. And and getting on with your normal life, whatever normal is. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a sort of the same. I kind of went to the same place. The idea of what boundaries mean is all of a sudden, is everything's kind of, uh, all those boundaries have been kind of been broken in one way, shape, or form. So it's a lot of gray. I mean, for a fair number of people, they get up in the morning, they go to work, they come back, and then it's a reset into another zone of their life. And all of a sudden, you blur the whole thing. 
it just has all this grayness. So it's we're recording this on a Friday afternoon. We're like, oh yeah, tomorrow's the weekend. I'm like, it's literally going to be the same exact thing as it is today, tomorrow. So there's no even such thing as a weekend at this point, you know, like, and, uh, so yeah, no, no, I think it, 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 there's a, I, I understand the tension that sort of exists with it. Um, I, so I, I'll tell you, I, I give you a boring place to where I started, but I do think it's important is the idea is to make sure that whatever, however you're going to do it, that your technology is in place. There's nothing more maddening than spending half your morning trying to learn how to use a particular tool. And, and I see this a lot. And I think whatever tool you're going to use, whether it's Zoom or something, become like a Zoom master. A lot of people don't. And inclusive of myself, it took me a little time to get there. And then I realized you start learning all the shortcuts. You save yourself so much time um, that it's an easy thing that you can do that people just completely overlook because they don't invest the time in it. Um, that's my lazy, easy answer. I have a whole bunch of other thoughts. But um, where did you start? Well, I'll, and I'll piggyback off of that one because it's also making the assumption that everybody already has the technology that they need or that they have the inter- internet connection and the bandwidth that they need. You know, a lot of our clients are global uh, global companies. And so there's just a huge amount of challenge around getting the right technology to the people so that they can even function. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. I take that for granted in, in our, we had planned for it. So meaning we took about a week of prep before we actually did it. So, uh, I do, I take that for granted for some, it's just like, you're not coming in tomorrow. So then readjust. So it's, it's a really a good point that I just completely didn't need to think about is that for a lot, many folks, they don't really have a chance to even prepare for this. You get thrust into whatever situation you have. Um, so you're, you're trying to manage your tech without being able to leave your house. So what you got is what you got. So, yeah. Yeah. But I guess if we can put it aside that technology is set, then I think where my brain goes is around trying to create more certainty. So, um, you know, when, when we're overwhelmed with so much change and uncertainty and ambiguity and fear, we get into what they call the limbic hijack. And so we're at a different part of our brains, which means we can't think clearly. We cannot even process you know, enough to do regular work and that sort of stuff. So it's like, how do we get ourselves out of the limbic hijack into a more secure place? And I think it's starting really small and thinking about things that you can do in your apartment or in your home to set yourself up for a little bit more structure. So, you know, one of the first things that I did was that I moved my desk in my, in my apartment so that I had better natural light. It's not, in any way, feng shui, like it looks so weird in the room, but it's just more workable in, t- in terms of I've got better light, better access to power cords and different sorts of things. And and I've tried to make it ergonomic so that my body is more comfortable sitting in these spaces for longer periods of time. You know, thinking about what are the, the, the unique spaces that you create in your home, especially if you didn't already have like a home office, I think is, is one place to start. Yeah, I agree. I moved my family outside, so they're outside <laughs> right now in the forest somewhere. Um, it's, it's been excellent. Uh, I, no, I feel I this. I'm sort of in the same. I, I kind of went the same path of like you know control what you could control. Uh, so for example, for me, I get I make sure we schedule the a leadership meeting first thing in the morning to kind of create some structure to start the day that I know that call is going to be there, and then that sort of locks everything else in and gets going to kind of create a sense of rhythm. But I do think some form of ritual or rhythm. And, and I also feel like be the early bird, like get up early and advance. It, it, everyone's got different situations. But again, for, for I'll speak from at least from my own perspective with children and things like that, whereas for home, being homeschooled, it's horrible 
And I love being home with my kids. It's like a very unique moment in time, but it is extremely unpredictable. And so, you know, you're put in this situation where you're helping, trying to help a child figure something out or take on an important business meeting or, you know, there's all these if-thens and you're always going to choose different priorities as you're doing it. Those are things you can't control because you just don't know when that's going to happen. But what I can control is for some of the work that I need to do, I might get up at 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. because I know it's going to be slightly quieter and be able to contain and get a lot of that stuff done. Um, so I feel like there's certain things. And, and the evening hours, I decide to work a little bit more during certain windows in order to really contain everything. I am doing a version of that. So I set my alarm. I get up at the same time. I shower. I dress. I eat breakfast. And that sounds so basic, but I I definitely imagine that there's a lot of people out there who are rolling out of bed and sort of working in their pajamas and and sort of there the it blurs the line between when is work and when is when is weekend and and I'm trying to create as much str- mental structure around when my day starts and ends. And I find it really changes my mood. And the uh the days when I've had less structure. I feel more uneasy. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, as I kind of bri- just bridging out to another point, right? I just written down sort of like ratchet up the humanity. I feel like, you know, the more we're using these like these tools. And so we have our state of the unions where I usually stand up in front of the company about once a month and I, you know, tell them what's happening in the company and we do that in person. And now all of a sudden we're now being thrust into this world where now we're doing them by Zoom. And I have to say, in many respects, like with the technology, it could almost like not fool you, but make you feel like you're connected to all of these people. Cause I'm looking at people face to face, like through Zoom. But what I realized, and I think it's amazing actually. And I think it's the, the transition we've been able to make as a company. And just personally, my own journey going through this has shown me how far virtual kind of communication has really come. But I would also say that I, I think it requ- it's just sort of showing that I think your human skills have to be at peak condition in this space. Because even though we're making eye-to-eye contact or like through screens, I feel like you have to work a little bit harder to connect with people and go a little bit above and beyond in a whole range of ways. So I think like one of the pieces, the advice that I would sort of say to people is just that they're in an environment where they're making an active effort to communicate with people, uh, even if it's by Zoom. So if you normally talk to someone one time a day in the office, in person, do it two times in Zoom of just a connector point to make sure someone is heard. Because I, I, my, my fear is that, uh, and I see this happen in our own company, we see each other on a screen, but I'm not necessarily, that's not replacing that human connection that kind of bridges us. So like I, I'm sort of in a, and I, cause I think it's going to go into other things like the ladder of inference and, and which is my favorite Rochelle point, but, the, but I, but I think it, it's, it's inevitably going to go there and I can already see it. So I feel like we have daily structure connecting with people on an ongoing basis, but, um, yeah. What do you think? I, I, yes, I think that there is an opportunity for us to be more human with each other. And this is, this is actually really, I think you'll like this, Damien. I'm I'm working on a project for the UN and they, and they gathered a ton of information from people who work across the UN in terms of how are they dealing with this particular crisis and what is difficult about working from home and what do they actually enjoy working from home? What's their relationship like with their manager right now? And one of the most interesting pieces of data that came from that study that I just saw today was that they feel more connected to their manager right now than they perhaps ever have because their manager is now asking them, how are you doing? How is your family? Is everyone safe? Is everyone well? What do you need? You know, and it's, and I actually, 
in a lot of ways, I think it's an opportunity to inject a lot of the humanity that I feel like we're constantly, you know, bellowing on about. And this is a, this is an opportunity to reset some of those relationships, I think in a meaningful way. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, so how do we, how do we take them out here? What would you say if your recommendation? So we're talking about control what you can control. Like you kind of create, well, your first point was more similar to that, right? It was. Yeah. Like create your space, yep. create your schedule, start your day intentionally. Um, I, you know, one thing I didn't mention before is communicate with the other people in your space about who's using what and when. Sometimes people only have one laptop and four people need to use it. You know, a lot of this is about communicating with the people that you're locked in with. And then it's also then about communicating more closely in a lot of ways with the people that you work with too. Well said. Yeah. Well, we we feel for all of you and we're experiencing the very same thing in our own households. So we'll see you next time. See you. If you found this episode helpful, please rate it on Apple Podcasts or leave us a comment or share it with somebody else that you know is stuck. This helps us reach listeners who could benefit from these conversations. And if you'd like your own question answered, go to our website, stuckpod.com to submit a question. Stuck is created by Equilibrium and Situation. It is produced by the wonderful Katie Byrne, Peter Ujicic, and Stephanie Connors. Our theme music is Rockstar by Owen Mulcahy. Be well, be safe. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.